Hey folks, Brian here. Today's episode is a really special one. Today's episode is brought to you by one of our patrons, 406Dad. Not only am I excited that this is the first Patreon-supported episode, but I'm really excited to get into the topic at hand. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so today's episode is about prepping combat to satisfy all sorts of players, whether you have a min-maxer, a role player, a hybrid of the two, or someone who's a little bit more casual, we're going to talk about how you prep for that and how you keep all those players happy and satisfied. All right, so before we begin, let's break down the categories of players. Number one, you're going to have the role player. The role player is the individual who, again, loves to role play. They love getting into character. They love making certain accents or voices for their character. They love to explore the world as their character. They get really in deep and invested in this character. In addition to that, they're going to consider the world from their eyes. And that's not a bad thing, but that's something that you have to consider when combat occurs, right? Because this episode is about how to prep for not only those individuals out of combat, but in combat as well. So when it comes to combat, you want to have dialogue ready, whether it's a particular saying or a phrase that the NPC uses, you want to have that ready and prepped for that session. For example, the NPC that perhaps your party is fighting alongside with is a bard. And maybe they are like a bard warrior or even a troubadour type warrior that says certain lines of poetry or maybe sings something while they're fighting that engages not only the players in the experience and in the combat, but from a character perspective, it reveals more about who they are. So think of it like Gurney Halleck from Dune, the famous troubadour warrior of House Atreides, right? Gurney used to say certain phrases and recite certain songs and poetry and scriptures and things of that nature outside of combat. And I believe during combat, he would say a couple of different things. And again, it doesn't have to be anything over the top, right? It could be a certain phrase, a certain sentence that is brought up and either that role player wants to pursue that line of thought, right? Maybe the role player says, hey, so-and-so, what's that line from? You kept shouting it and you kept saying it during combat. And you as the DM maybe have prepped that far along and you can kind of give that lore behind it, right? That's an opportunity for the players to explore your world through lore or you can come up with something on the spot. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's going to satisfy that role player and it's going to intrigue them. And the rest of the party is going to really look forward to combat hearing those things from that NPC. On the other hand, if enemy combatants start saying things, you can start having phrases or creating phrases in the language of that creature or in the monster, whatever it may be. And the players now start to recognize those things in combat, whether they face them later on or not. Remember, 
this is something that you don't have to put too much effort into, right? This is for the role player at your party. They're going to get hooked because of the phrase or whatever that you come up with. Again, the role player wants to role play. So if you don't want to create a phrase necessarily, you can also add a couple of other things, right? You can role play the way combat is had. You can ask your player, especially the role player, hey, how do you imagine yourself doing this? Describe your actions, depict what you're going to say or what you're going to do, things of that nature, right? Again, the role playing part is what it is. It is role play. So every little thing that you want the role player to do, or rather every little thing that the role player does in combat, you as the dungeon master have the ability to say, hey, how would you do this? Explain to us how you do this. Depict uh, or rather detail uh, or give us the details rather of what you're doing, what you're saying and how you're going about this. Moving along, now we're going to focus on the war gamer, the min maxer, the person who really loves combat. This individual is someone who absolutely plans out everything. They think about what the best character combination would be in regards to race and class. They consider every little thing the best weapon to use to maximize damage and to reduce the risk of failing, so to speak, right? They will take every little precaution necessary. Now, this isn't to bash these type of players. These players are fantastic and they make combat really exciting because they measure everything out. I've noticed that a lot of war gamers who also play Dungeons and Dragons make for great combat scenarios. For instance, folks that I've played D&D with who've played Warhammer in the past, they are very calculated. They will do things that the role player community doesn't necessarily think about. They strategize, they create and devise tactics. They think in a really brilliant way. So in order to appease those type of players, I highly recommend that you think tactically as well. Think strategically, consider every option. When you are creating a combat encounter, don't just think about the goblins that you've created. Think about how the goblins would attack. Who would they attack? How would they do it? Why would they do it? Where would they choose to attack, right? Where would they choose to ambush the party? Things of that nature. Would they use the environment around them? Would they calculate certain things, the certain conditions even, to go into combat or at least before going into combat? I've spoken about this before in other posts and in other episodes, but it's really important to reiterate that you, as the DM, have to think like the monster, right? The monster, the creature, whoever the combatants are, you have to think like them. You have to think smart. You have to think strategically. For the most part, these aren't just monsters who have no idea what they're doing and they're just attacking blindly. They'll have some thought patterns. They'll have some instincts, right? For example, wolves. Wolves hunt in packs. Utilize that, right? Gnolls are kind of like hyena-like creatures. Think about how a hyena would act in the wild and replicate that. 
goblins, as mentioned earlier, there's a lot of them, and they're you know smaller creatures, but there's a lot of them. So what would they do if they saw the cleric healing people? Would they attack the cleric so that no one gets to heal? Would they capture the cleric and try to ransom something, right, from the party? What would they do? Think strategically. Think tactically. You know, devise ways to utilize their combat abilities in a unique way and then use that against the players. Something that you should consider as well is creating monsters that have the Matt Colville MCDM action-oriented monster feat. It's not necessarily a feat, more like a function where Matt Colville designed monsters with an action-oriented theme, so to speak. They do something based upon an action. It's a great um, it's a great theme. I personally utilize it now in all my monsters. Any of my magic items, even, I have an action-oriented theme. But that's not the point. Point is, use something of that nature where it's going to intrigue the players, but it's going to challenge them in, in that combative way, right? You're going to think like the monsters. What would the monsters do? How would they act? You can think about it and you can come to it from a lore perspective, right? You can see whatever the lore is for the Forgotten Realms or for Lord of the Rings or whatever fantasy world that you're utilizing for inspiration. You can kind of dive into that and take from it and then utilize that in your combat scenarios. And this isn't really limited to a type of creature or monster. You can utilize this in really any type of combat. If they're bandits that they're fighting, the bandits could only be there to kind of rough them up, take their gold, and then leave as fast as possible, right? So how would they do that? Would they attack the party with a barrage of hits to kind of stun them? Or would they use some sort of distraction or ambush to kind of weaken them and then go from there? What's their purpose? What are they doing? And again, how are they going to use the environment around them? How are they attacking? What's their attack pattern like? These are all questions that you can ask yourself to really get a good feel for the wargaming community and, and go from there. And if you don't have experience with wargaming, I'd highly recommend checking out some of the more wargaming TTRPGs that are out there or consider going to your local game store or go on YouTube or Twitch and kind of do some research on your own. Look at the different wargaming uh, games that are out there, such as Warhammer or the Song of Ice and Fire war game uh, that is centered around Game of Thrones. Even check out games like Hero Clicks, right? Things that are going to be more, quote, war gamey, more tabletop uh, war game, rather. Those are the ones that you want to look for. Any of those type of games where you are having to create a strategy and have tactics and build an army, whether it's point-based or not, and fight from there. I personally really like the Lord of the Rings battle or battle companies system. It's a really great system. It's pretty easy to learn. And there's a lot of things that I've added from that system into my own combat. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, now how do I blend this all together? Especially because now we're dealing with the last major category, and that's the hybrid. The hybrid is the person that loves to role play and loves to 
role play out of combat, but when they're in combat, they are thinking strategically. They're thinking tactically at whatever level, right? It could be from a level one, which is very, very casual, to a level five, which is super intense, really focused, really wanting to max out damage and input, but tell it in a really cool way so that the story is awesome. To achieve this hybrid, it's pretty simple. You take the best features of the role play aspect that you can naturally do and that you feel comfortable with, and you apply that to sections of combat when it's focused on the player. When the player has the spotlight, make sure that they have the spotlight to role play a particular thing. And if they want to add role play into combat, perfect. If they don't, that's okay too. But if you want to kind of mix it together, you want to really create the opportunity for them to do that. Here's an example. My player, who's playing a dwarf barbarian, enters into combat by depicting what and how they get into a rage. The character, obviously, is going into a rage and you see how the player narrates it. You see how they start to interact with the world and in the world as their character. Now, as they enter combat, now the focus shifts a little, right? They start to ask, okay, where is this person in proximity to where I'm located? What's that distance looking like? Can I observe what the environment is around me? And can I utilize anything around me against the enemy combatants? That is the thought process of one of these hybrid players. Now, you as the dungeon master or the game master would respond in a way where it would satisfy it. So you would basically allow the player and encourage the player to role play how they get into the rage, how they start their rage. What do they do? You would then answer those questions. Hey, you are 25 feet away from the nearest enemy combatant, but you're also standing near a boulder, which you can push. And if it's successful, it might land on one of the enemy combatants. So by giving them those little details and by telling them what is going on and how the environment and how the combat is looking like from their perspective, you're going to achieve that level of happiness for that player. Remember, the player is playing a character in which the that character knows what they're doing. They are a certain level, or rather they have a certain level of expertise as an adventurer. They have certain experiences according to their backstory, whatever the, you know, whatever that may be, but their class and their race, so on and so forth. So the character, we have to assume, knows what's going on in these particular cases. And as players, they just want to live out that character and they want to have fun. So you as the dungeon master provide that by really feeding into that, right? You're not going to feed them in tablespoons or in heaping amounts of, you know, lore, combat, exploration, blah, 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 all in the middle of a combat session. No, you're going to give them spoonfuls, teaspoonfuls of this information and this type of I would say it's almost like a stimulant, right? You only want to give them X amount so that they are happy 
and stimulated enough to engage in the universe or in the world that you're playing in, but you don't want to overstimulate them where they say, yep, I got to stop. I don't really want to do this and I'm not having fun anymore. So let's recap really quick. For the role player, we want to invite them to role play within combat, help them discover the world, explore the world, even drop some really cool hints and really cool things that are unique to that world, to that NPC that gives that player the opportunity to interact with them. With the min-maxer or the wargamer, what we really want to do is be a wargamer. We want to use strategy and tactics. We want the monsters, creatures, whoever the enemy combatants are to be smart and to be intelligent and to challenge the, that player in a really cool way. And that's going to allow them to interact with the environment as well. Because if you have smart NPC enemy combatants, you're going to have smart players using their abilities and thinking outside the box, engaging with the world and enjoying the combat scenario. And with the last group, which is the hybrid group, you're going to combine the two, but give it in small doses. You don't want to overwhelm them, but you want to make sure that they get a mouthful, so to speak. All right, folks, that's the episode. I appreciate y'all for listening, and I appreciate 406 Dad from Patreon for sponsoring this episode. For more episodes like this, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. Your support helps me make more content that is D&D and TTRPG related, and specifically, content that helps you become a better dungeon master. So if you're interested in becoming a better dungeon master or just supporting the channel, consider the Patreon. The link will be down below. But until next time, folks, keep gaming. Thank you.